This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Stop what you're doing right now and leave the program a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Unless that's what you were already doing. If that's the case, carry on. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, January 25. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. U.S. climate envoy John Kerry has told a global virtual summit that the world has to take decisive action to build resilience to the devastating effects of climate change. We've long known that glaciers and sea ice in polar regions are melting, but there's new evidence that the ice is melting at an accelerating rate. From a president who called climate change a hoax to one who says the climate crisis will now be a major part of every administration decision. Those voices are discussing climate change, a naturally occurring process that gradually raises the temperature in your apartment without having to call your landlord. As the Biden administration prepares to address a wide range of climate-related challenges, those who are concerned that it's too late to reverse some of the major damage done to our environment should be asking themselves a simple question. Wasn't this election supposed to usher in a breath of fresh air? On Monday, a new and fun report published by the good people at The Cryosphere which is either a nonprofit scientific journal or the group that was tasked with flash freezing Larry King like a blueberry over the weekend, found that the rate at which global ice sheets are melting is approaching the worst case scenario. They've decided to quit theater school to become a massage therapist. If nothing changes and your roommate continues to forget to refill the tray after making another Moscow mule, global temperatures are on track to ultimately rise by more than five degrees. That's not just one short of Kevin Bacon. That's 3.5 degrees higher than the ideal 1.5 degree limit found in the Paris Agreement. If trends like these continue, Parisians are going to find bubbles in their champagne because it's boiling. Alongside staffing the government with civil servants whose legislative experience extends beyond negotiating which burger is considered gold and which burger is considered platinum at the former president's basement restaurant, addressing climate change appears to be one of the top priorities of the Biden administration. Climate czar and professional statue John Kerry told a group of world leaders that he wants to make up for the absence of the last four years. Like a father who had stepped out for a pack of cigarettes in the middle of the night to smoke them for a thousand days straight. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has called upon President Biden to go so far as to declare a national emergency on the climate, just as Mr. Trump declared a national emergency in order to build a wall in the minds of his supporters to block out any visible memories of his original promise that Mexico would fund the project. I try to talk about climate change on this program because it's a subject that's often filtered out of the background. Kind of like how you're able to pretend that guy isn't actually asking you for change on the subway because you're wearing AirPods. According to media critics, one major reason is that reporting on climate change is often incomplete leaving most Americans without a true understanding of the basic facts behind the science that proves that our way of life is heating up our atmosphere. An unfortunate but unsurprising conclusion for a nation of science skeptics who won't take the coronavirus vaccine because they're afraid it might make the Earth appear to be round. In 2019, a Washington Post poll found that three out of four people hadn't heard enough about the Green New Deal to form an opinion about it. And in October, another poll by the Center for American Progress found that the vast majority of Americans neither support nor oppose the Green New Deal. Instead, 53% of us can't even describe what it is. It's hard to muster up support 
when most can't tell whether it's a sale on solar panels, broccoli rights legislation, or the closing number to Shrek the Musical. But to me, what's worse than all that is our nation's inability to plan for its future. Rather than reinvesting in bridges so they don't collapse like Lindsay Lohan at happy hour, we subsidize football stadiums, whose functional lifetime seems to expire the moment the owner gets caught being fondled in a massage parlor and wants to build a set of box seats with a better view in lieu of community service. May it please the court. But climate change isn't some eyesore that you'll be able to drive past and forget about once you get home. It's moving in, and it wants to fiddle with the A.C., And I'm not just talking about snow becoming a quaint artifact like the scrambled picture of a black-and-white television. Melting ice is making it easier for diseases to travel the Earth without global entry. And thawing permafrost, as I've mentioned before, may potentially revive long-dormant diseases as if they were Carter-era Hungry Man dinners hidden in the back of Earth's freezer. We can barely handle COVID-19. I struggle to think of how we'd cope with COVID from the year 19. This week, the government is introducing a suite of new climate policies, such as a ban on new oil and gas leases on federal land, environmentally friendly job creation programs, and a million-dollar moonshot to develop plant-based deli slices that have a taste that's distinguishable from their cardboard packaging. Last Thursday, industrialist Elon Musk even claimed that he would donate a $100 million prize to whoever develops the best technology to clean the air a little more effectively than that yellow tree in your Uber that's supposed to resemble vanilla. And even though these are just a few small things that might steer us toward a lower carbon future, if we don't start thinking about what the world might look like 5, 10, or 20 years down the road, We'll soon be wishing that we could use the same words that we use to describe the state of the world today. Not so hot. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Dr. T.O. Soriel. He's a leading orthopedic surgeon in the field of sports medicine who served as the head team physician for the Dallas Mavericks for 22 seasons and is the longtime host of Inside Sports Medicine on ESPN Radio and The Ticket in Dallas. Dr. Soriel, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. On Sunday, OJ weighed in on a common football injury that's affecting Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes ahead of the Super Bowl. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. I got to admit, Kansas City uh, is the favorite team that I like to watch. I love Mahomes. I love the way they play offense. It's always exciting. And I see plays that I've never seen before. But they're going against my Buffalo Bills. And this Buffalo Bills team, I think, would have a chance to beat them even if Mahomes was healthy. I'll tell you this, turf toe is no joke. Uh, it ended some careers. It shortened Deion Sanders' career. And I could see in that game, whenever Holmes was trying to throw to the left and drive the ball, he made some unusually uncharacteristic bad throws. I hope to see a few more of those today. (laughs) I'm just saying, take care, and I really hope your team wins, whatever team that is, and go Bills! Take care. Dr. Soriel, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, I think what OJ had to say is correct. The big toe is a big deal. It takes 50% of the force off of the foot. And if you are planting to cut, if you're planting to push off, you kind of need the big toe to be there. Turf toe is slang for a sprain of the big toe. And yes, it has ended some careers. So I do think he's on the right track. But we have numerous ways to treat it nowadays. 
I am sure that he's going to be nearly 100% for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? I think OJ stole some of his own sports memorabilia. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Dr. Soriel, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, please tell a friend to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Castro, any any of these weird apps. There are so many of them. Just have them go to the store and subscribe. The website is latestpod.com for all of our transcripts and all of your latestpod.com needs. If you need to, if you have a craving to look at what a website looks like, this will this will satisfy that urge. <laughs> I'm I'm at underscore Gregot on Twitter. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast. Mm-hmm.